0: Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. We're joined today by Nicholas Madsen. He's founder of Superlab, and this is quite something different for our podcast and our videocast. I'm really excited, so thanks very much for joining us, Nicholas. Thank Um, you. Superlab um, is a company that was founded in 2014, yeah, as an experimental design laboratory with the main goal to study the future workplace and the future design of tomorrow and you've written a book. You started the journey of writing this book, Playful Office, the future office philosophy that will turn employees into employees. I'm I'm really intrigued. Um, Nicholas, thanks for joining us. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself maybe. Um, Obviously, you're a designer and you partnered with a psychology major and also about what Superlab does.
1: Yeah, well, my background, I'm an industrial designer uh, and I studied in the United States in in Florida and I moved back um, in 2002 and I started very quickly afterwards working for different design companies and in 2004, I decided to run my own business. So, I had that for uh, 10 years and realized I was bored of just doing, uh, you know, my own work basically, and I needed colleagues. And also I got very interested in on what research could do uh, when you were doing a project, when it came to interior design or product development. Uh, so the and like analysis behind uh, and studies before a project, I got very, very keen into. So I started working with um, a psychologist major and looking into what happens when you add play to a meeting because in in Scandinavia or in Sweden we have a lot of meetings about meetings where we don't get anywhere you probably have them in the UK too yeah Uh, that was like the basic the fundamental idea of what happens when we add play to a meeting is it bad or is it good and that that was basically the whole philosophy around it and we called that project Superlab Okay. And after a couple of months, uh, we got uh, questions from the government, from big corporations that they wanted to hire Superlab. And that was the business idea, of course. So we changed the name of my company to Superlab. And that was in 2014. And, um, and that's basically the whole idea of, of Superlab is that what looking to research and see what research basically tells us and then combine them into reality in in products interior design or especially in the future of work
0: okay and and so why is it important for people to play what, what is it
1: yeah when it comes to the, the the play thing um of course when you start researching this you discover a lot of uh, elements and the, the psychologist he had the the mental aspect of things, and I came from the physical aspect of things. And when you combine these two, uh, we realized that a lot of things, uh, you it was like every time we turned a stone, something new popped up. (laughs) But the book, I actually have a copy here that you can see, but the the book is basically a, a combination of 80 different research papers telling us different facts about play and us humans, uh, and also what happens when you add it to uh, your business. And the fundamental thing what happens is basically is that you can totally tell that collaborations will, you will gain a lot more collaborations when people start playing with each other. When it's, when it's not professional, you need to deliver. Um, when you just play, people calm down, they have more fun, they interact, they start collaborate you gain so much out of by just adding play to your normal business life um, that in the end it will be so much more beneficial for your company business-wise and um, everything basically Mm
0: -hmm. and so what, what sort of form do these does this play take you obviously you've worked with citrix and ikea you've got some really great big names under your belt who you've worked with you know i mean how what does it look like how do, how do you implement it how do you encourage people to to do that to actually you know have that dynamic in an office
1: yeah i see i mean one of the things that we did a couple of years ago we took a co-working space and they that's a typical um, example of how you can add play and gain a lot out of it and they focused a lot on startup community and uh, basically for young people starting new business ideas and developing them. For them to be able to basically interact and they need a big network to start their business, um, the whole environment uh, of the co-working space needed um, a more simpler, a more acceptable uh, physical environment because you needed to have the feeling of things are accepted here to actually try out and fail, and then gain new knowledge and take some new steps. And when you create an environment that's relaxed in that sense, that also opens up, you know, for other startup companies interacting with each other, and new business ideas will pop up, or they will join each other or something. So we created this whole co-working space out of a very playful environment, uh, we use colors as symbolic things to understand where the bathrooms are. And that's like also to keen on to psychological safety of if you're coming to this space the first time, you can just tell people, oh, green areas, that's where the bathroom, the restrooms are. So it's, it's one of those things where you can su- psychologically create a safetiness in an environment that you've never been in um so there's a lot of levels of using play basically with furnitures with colors and putting things together to create meeting rooms spontaneous meetings so um i think there's a lot of levels where you can use play and and actually interact and and get people to change their behaviors basically
0: i've i've seen on your website i encourage our our watchers and listeners uh, to to check out your website um, superlab.se. You've got in, in the, the video that we're we're recording right now, you have chairs behind you in yeah. in kind of pigeonholes, which I yeah. find really I mean you've done that in another in a, in a space I saw and, and you've you've wrapped a chandelier in in sort of material and you know you've you've done some really, really funky funky fit outs or funky um, installations. I, I would actually it's very art based yeah. actually it feels very design led, very um art based. Um yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know, I really, really love it. In order to encourage play, I mean do you kind of put um physical things in a space? How do you how do you encourage that dynamic? How do you actually how do you do that? Do you have to sort yeah, of train well, people or what? <laughs>
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, it's one of those things. That one of the big questions you constantly get from companies that that you know they they read about adding playful and they they want it to be more innovative and the big question we always get is, oh, can you guys come and help us and create one creative room? Okay. And that is probably the biggest mistake you can ever do is to have one creative room because when can you ever box in creativity? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like one of those when you're you're you know, doing interior for your kids' room. And then here you're going to have all the toys, but it never ends up they're in the room playing with their toys. They're always going to be in the living room around the kitchen where you are. So it's like, uh, it's one of those fundamental things. If you try to box in play, it's never going to happen. It's not going to be playful. It's a big no-no. Play needs to be something that's fundamental in the organization, uh, in everywhere. It needs to be accepted that if i start playing it's acceptable to play around mm-hmm. but you need to have uh, management that actually dares to be playful mm-hmm. because it, because if they you know if they play the act you know people are going to follow of course yeah. uh so so it's it's a it's a big mental thing more than it is a physical thing mm-hmm. but of course you can you know you can have boosters that can signalize that here it's okay to play Mm -hmm. um but of course there's a big other side of this also is that if you have uh, google that when you see picture from their offices it's always super playful you have a big slide you have Mm -hmm. you know pinball machines and everything the big question is that you can also play wash your company to act if you are playful so there's a big side of of things where um, you have a branding of being playful but if you aren't acting it out it's not going to be good at all so it's it is a really big mental thing where you can use the physical as boosters i think and a lot of times basically what we do is we do a very deep analysis of the company staff before we do anything that is the the, the fundamental thing of doing a, a very thoroughly survey of how they work what tools they need what type of meetings do they carry out? Um, and then basically listen to uh, to the employees and then talk to the management to understand how do they want to perceive their work culture to be an, an interesting uh, an employer, basically. Um, and from there on, that's where we basically build up in their level of playfulness, what they can carry out. Because if, if you put... Um, Legos all over uh, a lawyer firm basically in their office, it's not gonna be like that professional uh, approved from their clients. Mm -hmm. But if you put um, a a pool table in in a very nice setting with nice environment, it's gonna be in a playful level in their sense Mm -hmm. where they can still be perceived as professional. Nobody's not gonna look weird at them. So it's all about finding the level of playfulness and then apply those in, in their sense, basically. That's so we don't have one one thing fits all for everyone that, oh, if you have a bag of Lego in your conference room, it works out. That's If you have that, you're not playful. That's the biggest sign of not being playful at all. So I think it, it's all about understanding the communal sense of your employees' level of playfulness. Uh, because there's nothing worse than forced play, you know, that oh, everybody's going on a kickoff and we're gonna do this because the top manager said so, it's gonna be a negative effect. Um, so I think it's all about finding the level of, of, of that group of people and the work culture to find the level of where playfulness should be.
0: Yeah, I should imagine as well if it's done right and it's in a, like you're saying, like in, for instance, in a lawyer's place or whatever, and you're putting a billiard, you know, a pool table in. I can imagine as well, if it's in an environment where the clients are coming in, you could almost like break the ice with that client, you know? So actually it would be quite cool, you know?
1: Yeah. What signals do you want to send with the yeah. physical environment? And mm-hmm. what signals do you want to send with the, the mental environment or the work culture that you have? I mean, the sense of, I mean, it's just a simple thing. If if you're If you hear a group of people sitting laughing on the tube, um, you're going to be interested and want to hear what they're laughing about because you want that. Yeah. So it's the same effect that, that you can create with your employees or employees uh, by having them being, you know, having a good time at work, being energetic. Uh, they're going to talk about the work in their personal life and people are going to say, wow, I want to work at that company because it sounds like they're going ha- to they have a lot of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. So...
1: There's, there's a lot of rings on the water, basically, you can get out of just by adding play in the, in the right way.
0: Yeah. And it's not a million miles from really to going doing a round of golf, to be fair, if you know what I mean, that mindset. Exactly. You know, yeah. if people go out, you know, they talk to their clients in on a golf course or whatever, yeah. you know, they might have a round of bridge. You know, they kind of it is that it's like it's not a million mi- miles away from that mindset. Oh, um, okay. I'm just going to ask you obviously this is a journal of biophilic design and, and I know that you also implement plant you know different sort of biophilic design aspects. I mean, one of the things I saw on your site that you've done is a, is a jungle wall. I yeah, thought yeah, was, like cool. Yeah. That was really really cool. Can you can you tell us a little bit about how you've what you thought you've implemented and how it's inspired play?
1: Yeah, so I mean, when we wrote the book uh, playful office in during 2016 and it got launched in first of January 2017 uh, The process of writing that book started like a snowball effect that hasn't stopped yet. And that is basically us all and everyone in the company reading a bunch of research studies finding out about research papers that are interesting, not in only in our field, in all kinds of different levels. And so basically what we came up with in our journey, and we saw it in a bunch of our interior design projects, is that a lot of times the health level of the fundamental building is not in a healthy level. For us humans, and we know from from statistics today that we spend more than 90% of our life basically inside, and air quality is bad. Uh, a lot of times, lighting is bad, and then you have the sound. basically the sound structure in a in a in an architectural world is is very poor. So we started looking into what about health and human beings at work, and that became a very, very deeply researched study from us, like still looking into it. And of course we came across the biophilic design uh, community or a couple of years ago. And the product that you were talking about, the jungle wall is from a, a research study that we read uh, that was done in the United States, I think, uh, where they looked at people uh, recovering from uh, hospitals and some being, placed next to a window where they have like uh, nature outside and some being placed to a window where they have an industrial area outside. Mm -hmm. And what they found out basically was that the recovery time of people being close to nature just by seeing nature could uh, speed up the the recovery process basically. So out of that research paper, We said, well, um, we have a lot of clients where we try to add on like real plant walls inside of their office space. But a lot of times it got taken away because it's too expensive or something or, you know, they got to have water or sewage or something. and It's not possible. Yeah. What if we create a product that looks like nature, but it has like a sound absorbent effect also? So we went to a local company here, uh, a manufacturer, and said we have this idea. And they, in the beginning, they looked weird at us, of course, because we didn't come with a final product. We come, with, we came with this uh, philosophy and, uh, and a concept, and uh, it came out uh, a year ago. And after six months, we won the Red Dot Award, like the Oscars for product design, for that product. And um, yes, so that that is more like a a process how a lot of our projects and ideas comes to life basically from a research that we read uh and then we develop a concept and then we bring it to uh, manufacturers
0: okay yeah, it's really it's really interesting i mean you're doing something at the moment actually aren't you this thing called SuperSync. it's an ai tool it's a kind of piece of uh um research that you're doing i mean can you can you explain a little bit about that
1: exactly yeah so Basically, SuperSync uh, is, is one project where we basically have an AI tool uh, collecting our, um, basically what it comes from. It's, it's us managing time and collecting our, you know, what, what hours did we do, what projects around. And uh, we got, we're not administrative people. We are very creative. So we always forget about it. So we created this computer platform, basically an AI tool that goes in and downloads. We connect our calendars with this AI and it collects all uh, our calendar time spent on a certain project. And then it collects it in a website showing us in graphs and pie charts of what we've been working on. Mm-hmm. But what I think about what you're referring to is our, our AI project with interior design and architecture. Yeah. And that is a research study with, um, doing a collaboration with Lund University and an AI uh, professor there named Axel Nordin. And what we have done is basically we take um, surveys, uh, employer surveys data, Uh, of human behaviors, how people interact and how they work in an office space. And he has developed an AI tool where you can basically data crunch this data. And what we added onto it is that we create new types of floor plans out of of employees' soft values and what they think of their office basically. Mm -hmm. So instead of today, uh, you have an architect designing an office space with a management from a company, and then you just apply your staff on top of that. We wanted to turn around on the philosophy of can we create floor plans with AI that is from humans' soft values, and then we create the physical world afterwards? Mm-hmm. And can we get more better interaction between people? Uh, can we get like a healthier work environment out of it? and we have come up with some very very interesting results and we've been working on this for one and a half soon two years now yeah. and in the beginning of this year we received uh, 2.2 swedish million kroners from uh, uh, Ingvar Kamprad family fund the ikea founders uh, family fund uh, to proceed with this project um, so it has like a health aspect of it and it has like a very futuristic ai aspect of it
0: that sounds really interesting. It'd be, be interesting to see what the results are going to be and how you're going to, you know, what that final thing's going to be, that implementation yep. at the end of it, which is what yeah. I really, I love what your company's doing. You have this idea that you look, you know, you look at the research and then you come out with, with a solution. I think it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that if you, if you just dare to look at research, what research actually tells us and mm. try to implement it to our real world and try to, you know, Get it to work what actually works mm-hmm. you can find some very very interesting innovation ideas out of just by sitting playing with these two factors and and yeah. that has become somewhat of our business model and how we work yeah
0: it's really good it's really different it's innovative and uh yeah it's setting you apart from everybody else which is so cool yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, right now, it'd be really interesting to get your take on this. Obviously, the whole world has been, you know, affected by COVID. There's been loads of people in lockdown. There's people, you know, not sure what they're going to do. If They're even going to have a job in the morning. What's the future of the workplace? What's it going to look like? I mean, if, if an employer was going to try to reassure their staff to come back to work or in your experience with all the research, with, your, with all those different sort of mindsets and hats on, but if, if an employee was going to do three things, just, just three yeah. things, um, you know, they might have to have a normal office, just like, you know, your bog standard office, yeah. which we've seen millions of, and what three things would they do to like reassure their staff, maybe to encourage a positive mindset, positive psychology for everybody using the space?
1: Well, I mean, since uh, beginning of this year when COVID-19 hit us all, um, if we did a lot of research before, Oh man, this summer has been hectic. I can say. I mean, we, you know, we we've, we've been following up and trying to analyze everything. What's been going on, and and the the fundamental thing that we can see what's going on right now is that when we sent all our employees home, we sent our um, work culture out of the window at the same time, mm-hmm. because a lot of organizations are built up out of you know pyramid structure. Uh, everybody has their place, their seat, their workstation, and, and when they're there, we know that they're and they're working, uh, hopefully, and 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 when you throw that out of the window, you also realize that you need to build up a whole new way of working again, because a lot of companies they want to force their staff back, and some companies they realize that oh my god, you know we're effective even more productive as is when people are not here. Do we need our office space? All these questions are hanging, you know, floating around right now. But what we can see is basically is that our office spaces are definitely needed uh, because um, we are human sap- homo sapiens. Uh, we need other people to get ideas, to, you know, innovate, to um, find new business. um innovation doesn't happen over a planned uh zoom meeting uh it happens spontaneously when you're taking a coffee and when you go out to lunch Mm -hmm. and you sit and talk about something totally different yeah so we need these areas to interact with each other you need these um the fundamental of just leadership you need leadership around you to be able to proceed with work So what I think is is something the best you can ever do right now is to pull the handbrake stop and reevaluate everything. Just look at everything and don't be drastic of, you know, canceling your lease of your office space and, you know, sell all your stuff and think of everybody's gonna work from home. No, they're not. It's not suited for everyone. And in the UK where you have a lot of small apartments where people live in, you, where are you gonna work? It's, if you have the space to set up a workstation, fine, but a lot of people don't have that. And they have a spouse or something that's also working from home. So there's so many aspects of this that you really need to reevaluate to, to build up your old, your, your, take away your old organization And work culture and build it up again from scratch Mm. and try to figure out is it a two three model where you have you know two days a week you're working from home or from distant wherever and three days you try to organize people to have meetings at the office Um, do a new floor plan that suits to the new regulations but listen, adapt and implement in new ways. And, and this is the best opportunity to actually to look up and, and look in the horizon, try to figure out something new, definitely.
0: That's great. Just to bring it back to, to play, do some sort of people kind of like sort of scratch their head and say, what, what? you want me to do what in, my, in the office? Do they embrace it once, once they've understood it? Or is it, do you, are you met with a lot of questions?
1: of course yeah i mean uh, we work with a lot of uh, big corporations and big companies and and they are always scared of not being perceived as professionals yeah especially with the, the corona and what's happening right now is that that is something that we are trying to reinforce to our clients is try to add on play and if if you're gonna like somewhat of trying to attempt your employees to come back to the office add value to the office space, you know, try to make things playful, make it more comfortable, uh, make it more interesting to actually be there instead of just a factory type of thing. Mm. So, and that is, that's where the question comes in, but how do we do this and still being, you know, professional? We don't want people to run around and shoot each other with Nerf guns all day. No, (laughs) it's, it's like one of those things add Nerf guns and put on, you know, Nerf darts all the way around. And people are gonna have short breaks of madness for 10, 15 minutes as a recovery thing also. Like uh, just to mentally shut down and do something totally different and just laugh to just have have some fun, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's gonna add a lot to the company in the long run. So I think right now is, is the time to add play to your company and your business uh, and just there to have a little fun with your employees, just to relax a little bit because a lot of people have been tense, stressed out. Um, all the levels are, you know, on... On top hundred right now. Yeah. So just to find levels and find uh, good stuff that you just can laugh with each other is is a good uh, thing to do right now.
0: Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Laughter is a good tonic. Is it really? It is.
1: And tonic, it's, you know, it's, it's gonna bring us forward. That's that's it.
0: Final question for me: If you could paint the world with a play brush, what
1: what would what would it look like? Man, give Lego to everyone, you know. <laughs> no, but uh, I think that. Um, just a mental, uh, thing of being playful in your life, finding, you know, not, not letting loose of, you know, being the kid. Mm. Um, a lot of research shows that if you're playful through your whole life, you can add up to 10 years of your lifespan, basically. So, I mean, just by being playful in whatever you do and don't take yourself so damn serious, uh I think that is something that our world uh, and our world leaders need um relax a little bit you know have have some fun and uh I think that's what I wanted I would love to paint all our world leaders right now with a uh, fun paint uh, the, the checkmate paint from Disney or whatever you know something at least you know relax and have fun that's it
0: Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.